Welcome back to Misunderstood. This is Rachel Yucatel, your host. You might recognize O's Perlman from his appearance on America's Got Talent, but he's also a decorated endurance athlete who has won the Chicago Marathon and the New Jersey Marathon multiple times. This guy is so unique and interesting. He's not only a magician, but he is a mentalist. And I spent time with him and had the most interesting interview, and he totally floored me. I thought I was going to be one of those people that threw him off his game, that he couldn't get anything past me. And wait till you listen to the episode because it's really fascinating. I can't wait for you guys to hear Oz's story of where he came from, how he got to where he is now. So sit back and relax and listen to our next episode. Enjoy. So you, we were just talking about your name. You yeah. go by Oz, and people, That's, I think, would say Oz all the time. Right. How'd you get that name? It's an Israeli name, so it means brave and strong in Hebrew. So in Israel, it's not as weird of a name or pronunciation. Uh, but here, first off, now I'm kind of like you know a mentalist and a magician. So you're leaning into the Wizard of Oz thing. So I have so many things going against me. It, right. it makes sense for it to be Oz. Yeah. Uh, I was born. My mom can only have twins. Some mm. very strange conditions. So I have twin sisters. I was a twin, but my twin died at birth. Wow. Which I found out later in life. She actually didn't tell me for a while. But um, what was interesting is because I was gonna have a totally different name. But since I survived, they changed my name to be. It means like brave and strong. So wow. that's. That was the name. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Was it a twin boy or girl? Twin boy. Wow. And I always, this is the weirdest thing, because I, I am not a psychic. It's not like supernatural what I do. It's a skill that you can learn. But I always had this intuitive thing forever when I was a kid that I kept saying, I have a twin, I have a twin. And it freaked out my parents mm -hmm. because you know, I don't believe in ghosts or anything, but I really felt as if I too had a twin. And only when I was about 11 did my mom tell me, hey, you had a twin. Wow. And I was shocked. Had they named him? I don't remember. It's a great question. I don't think they did. You know, in like Judaism, you don't really name the kids oh, before they're born. Right. It's a little superstitious, but I think they had other names for us. Right. And so I don't know what the names would have been, but it definitely wouldn't have been my name. Right. Okay. So maybe my life would have been a different trajectory. Yes. It was destined. It's a it's a perfect name, obviously, for you. Worked out. Um, so tell me the difference between a magician and a mentalist for people that are confused. We get paid more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but truly, uh, a mentalist is a specialist. So within magic, and I always tell people, you know what a magician is visually, right? You could think of somebody on stage who makes like a something float or cuts a woman in half and card tricks, right? It's visual. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something fast with my hands that's going to trick your eyes. Okay. I don't have props. So I could go do a show for five people or 5,000 people. I am the show. Right. What I do is I've learned how people behave. I know how they think. And it's a lot of things that have to do with misdirection, the same way a magician does. But instead of me telling you pick a card, mm -hmm. I say think of a card and now I can figure out what you'll think of before you even do or I can guide you in a certain direction. Okay. It's a mixture of kind of light bits of hypnosis, influence, behavioral analytics, good old fashioned, you know, trickery and it gives the illusion that I can read your mind. Okay. But you're saying illusion. It is an illusion. It's not like you can see into something like can you read people's minds? Uh, I can. So a great question. Am I doing something that can't be explained within the laws of science? No. So, but does it sure as heck look that way? Yes. So a lot of things I'm doing, here's the simple solution. A lot of people think if I told you to pick a number one to a hundred, there's no way you could do that, right? How could you know that? Right. But what you're not realizing is what if I've already done this to 10,000 other people and now I realize certain people go for this number, certain people go for this number. And what if the same way if you're in a casino, you could tip the odds in your favor, I can do little things that will guide you in the way I want. And instead of it being one in a hundred, it's one in five or one in three or one in two. What if literally 
I could know exactly what you're going to do before you did it. And it's science. I've learned to do that. So it's done under the guise of entertainment, but it's not mind reading. It's a science. It's a skill you can learn. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So do you believe in what psychics do? I don't really see psychics in me overlapping, if that makes sense, because I'm not really pretending to be a psychic or doing it, but I can do what a lot of psychics do better than them. Yeah, 100%. Like if I didn't have the ethical or moral compass where I would feel okay, again, I don't want to say scamming because I'm not saying psychics are scamming people. I can recreate what they do legitimately. So I know how the elements of cold reading, warm reading, you walk into a room, you can observe people. You can observe so much about them and instantly judge a book by its cover. Mm -hmm. Also, if someone goes to a psychic, they will usually have one of four topics they're interested in, right? Love, money, my future, some sort of an issue, health problems. And just by feeling those out, you can watch their body language shift and you know you got a hit. Suddenly it's, oh my God, we're talking about health. And you can just feel, is it their mother? Is it their daughter? Is it somebody in their dad's side? And just little feelers, you can get a sense of who it is. And somebody will be like, oh my God, I walked in the psychic. He knew my dad was going through chemo. How could he have known that? Well, because you're in your 40s, they know your parents are older, they see the way you're shifting, there's all these tactics that you could learn that you could utilize. Does that make sense? And so that's why I say I could do it better than them because quite frankly, I'm better trained than most of them. It's kind of like a Navy SEAL. It's probably better at playing video games like Call of Duty than a 12 year old. Do you know, it's, it's, I'm, so I've, how did you get the training for this? Like, do they have classes? Like, no, <laughs> University of Michigan, uh, find it in the syllabus. Uh, I started as a magician and most mentalists become are magicians mm-hmm. where you learn magic first. Okay. And once you ditch the props, kind of think of it as stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedian is the purest art form mm-hmm. because you stand up in front of a group and you have nothing. You just tell jokes, yeah. right? You tell stories, you tell your life and people laugh and that's your fuel. So my fuel is laughter, but also amazement. Just wow, memorable moments. So I started getting rid of the props when I did magic. I'd go and instead of like a card trick, great parallel, instead of picking a card, before someone even picked the card, I'd be like, this guy's gonna pick a seven of diamonds. He'd pick it and I'd be like, how, how is that happening? How am I getting that? Because I'm learning little things about this person. I'm trusting my intuition. Mm-hmm. And you start to do quick, impulsive, like body language reads. You yeah. figure out what people are gonna do. And then you learn books to get better at it and better at it. And it's, it t- took a while to just stop doing magic uh-huh. because it's a crutch. You know, magic tricks work every time. If you practice them enough, they're going to work. Yeah. Mentalism doesn't work every time. I've right. screwed up countless times. Yeah. I screw up less and less now because I do this for a living and I've gotten better. Mm-hmm. But if it, if it worked every time, it'd be boring. Yeah. It would be boring. It's fun to watch because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. So tell me about your background for a minute. How did you get started in this? How old were you when you started magic? I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my bar mitzvah. I had never really done like, we didn't have a big party. I lived in Michigan at the time. Uh, my folks had gotten divorced recently. It was kind of like a really tumultuous, bad time in my life. And I, I think looking back, like a little psychoanalytic, I, got, I saw a magician. I went on a cruise ship instead of a party for my, for my bar mitzvah, and I mm-hmm. saw this magician. I was blown away, and this filled this void. Instead mm-hmm. of dealing with all this trauma and stuff going on, I just became obsessed with magic. And wow. so I started buying books, videos. My parents are Israeli. I was born in Israel, so they're very, you know, you want to buy more of these? Go work. Mm-hmm. It was very much a pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So I got a job when I was 14 doing this. I'd been doing this for less than a year. I started doing kids' birthday parties, got little business cards printed at Kinko's, and I just started <laughs> doing this as my hustle. This was my business since I was 14. Wow. So 
I would assume that magic is hard to learn at that age. Like, how are you actually learning tricks that people haven't seen or that adults can't call you out on and be like, I know what you're doing? So I think you learn at a certain point. It was great for me as a stepping stone, which is you think, how do you learn this stuff? You know what? You can learn anything. Mm -hmm. I think it's an excuse when people think they can't learn stuff. And this is going back 30 years ago for me where there was no internet. You know, there was like dial-up AOL. Sure. I went to the library. I checked out every book. I went to Borders. I bought every book. Right now, you can go on YouTube and learn anything in the world. So yeah. I think I, you find mentors. I found out there was a magic store a half hour drive from me. So I would, you know, just drive my mom to the point of insanity. Take me to the magic store. I was 14. I couldn't drive. Yeah. And I found when I got there, I met, you know, older people that were mentors that like, hey, can you give me a ride? Yeah. And start learning from other people. Find a way to ingratiate yourself to them. If you don't have money, you can't buy them something, pay them compliments. Right. You know, find something you can give them as a gift. Find people that will open doors for you. I learned that at a really young age. Mm-hmm. And I think I just learned how to network and communicate with others. And that's honestly the biggest skill. Right. And I just kept learning and learning from other people, from books, from videos. I'm all self-taught. I never went to a class or a camp or anything like that. Uh huh. Do you have like a hero or somebody you've always followed their uh, path? I've always admired certain people like David Blaine when he came out was kind of a big time for me because I was a teenager. I was about 16 when his first special dropped and he changed the game. He's Mm -hmm. just an icon, a legend. I was on the tail end of David Copperfield. He was still very popular, but I loved his stuff. But I wasn't, I never got drawn into those big illusions Mm -hmm. because I, I don't know, it wasn't me. I like close up. I like being close to an audience and feeling that energy versus a lot of his stuff is grandiose. It's Mm -hmm. a spectacle, Mm -hmm. which is cool in its own right. And then there's people within Minecraft who you wouldn't know. They're not famous. Yeah. But they're kind of visionaries. They're people that, you know, you stand on the shoulder of giants who kind of created mentalism. Yeah. It's, it's relatively new. This really started 100 years ago. Wow. Before that, you know, not like a joke. You'd be burned at the stake. Like anybody who could do what I do 200 years ago would seem like a witch. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, okay, talk to me about then you go to college and you have a corporate job, right? Full on. I moved, I moved. Uh, I think some of our paths align. I worked uh, at 78th floor of the South Tower of World Trade Center wow. uh, before 9-11. Wow. I had an internship. I went back to school. Uh, so it's insane. It was a company called Martin Progressive, and I worked there, mm-hmm. um, which is just bananas. And so I worked on Wall Street. I had internships, and then when I graduated college, I came here like a, like you know, I didn't really know what to do, and <laughs> worked on Wall Street. Worked for Merrill Lynch. And wasn't you, my calling, but right. you know, making good money. I have an older sister, two older sisters. She's like, get a job on Wall Street, and so I kind of right do what I'm told. <laughs> and so, did you like that, or you still were doing magic and I was always on the side? doing it on the side. Okay, and it was never with this purpose of I want to do this. You know, when people are like I have a dream, I want to be an astronaut. I didn't know this was an option. Okay, literally, it was just a hobby. It was a hobby, but it made money. But I never thought this was something you could actually do. Right, you know, it seemed silly. It seemed like being, I want to be a pop star. How do you do that? There's right. no playbook. Yeah. So I was doing this on the side, but I was always doing this as a way to network, mm-hmm. but also in life. Right. This was my method of, I want, you know, I don't want to make it sound like lame, but to meet friends, to meet girls, to, to, to be, I'd go to a bar with my friends. All of us are getting free drinks that night. Right. Of course. Just, you're the life of the party. You have yeah. a superpower. How do I get my job? When you go to an interview and your resume says professional magician last seven years, mm-hmm. I guarantee you. A thousand percent on my life, my kids' life. There is no way that interviewer is not going to ask you, what do you mean you're a professional magician? It's yeah. the most interesting thing they've heard all day. Sure. Resume, <laughs> resume, resume. So now at the end of it, you entice them. You say, oh, I, uh, at the end of the interview, if we have time, let me show you a thing. Let yeah. me show you one trick. 
the poor person after me. That trick turns into three tricks, turns into them hooting, yeah. hollering. The next person gets 15 minutes of their interview eaten up. Right. And they're like, hit me on the shoulder, shaking my hand, like, you'll hear from us because you've just won them over. Right. I've been in countries where I don't speak the language. I've mm -hmm. performed in over 40 countries. I don't speak the language. I can walk up to anyone, kids, adults, elderly, and I have this power to just make them smile, to warm them up, to instantly create a bond and rapport. Yeah. It's a, it is a superpower. Yeah. And so you're able to open doors that you could never open otherwise. That's amazing. So at what point did you, were you able to quit your, you know, day job, so to speak, and make this your full-time job? How did that happen? It, it happened in steps. Like if you look back, you know, whenever you hear people, it always sounds easy in mm -hmm. hindsight when you're like, oh, you left my side hustle and now I'm making all this money. and. It always looks easy in hindsight, but I was there for two and a half years and I wasn't doing it with a purpose, but I just kept getting so busy. Um, at the time, I worked at a bunch of restaurants on the Upper East Side. Okay. T-Bar, which shout out to Tony uh, and Arthur Pacall if they hear this, great guys. <laughs> but um, and a place called Nino's, which was on 72nd and 1st. Mm -hmm. And I got into these places, Permola, all these places where you had corporate expense accounts, you had kind of all the real housewives, all these various people that were in the fabric of the Upper East Side and big corporate decision makers. I learned these restaurants had people that were influential. Sure. They would see me and I'm not really making money, but it's a long-term play. Yeah. The money will come. First, establish your that you're great at something and have people know you. And I'm giving out 50, 60 business cards a night and suddenly, it's like pushing a snowball down a mountain, right? Yeah. It gets bigger and bigger and everyone knows you. I became a very well-known local act. Mm -hmm. uh, and it got to the point, I have kind of a story that says it all, is I was doing something at Merrill Lynch internally. Mm -hmm. All the event planners knew me within the company because they heard about me, I'd do happy hours. And so <laughs> they hired me to do something for the CFO at this meeting with like 20 big wigs. Mm -hmm. And I did more magic then. And I did a trick where I would turn $1 bills to hundreds. Oh. Works great I on Wall Street, right? Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> and I did this in front of them. And a guy named James Gorman, he's the CEO of Morgan Stanley, is there. He's Australian. And I take ones from everybody. I go, watch this. Snap my fingers, 500s. They're all laughing. They're like, "You, we got to get this guy working here. Oh, my God. And I go, sir, I do work here. And he thinks I'm telling a joke. Right. And, and he, uh, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm like, no, seriously, I work in your GTS division. He goes, he looks at me, and I can see it vividly yeah. to this moment. He looks at me and goes, what the hell are you doing working here, mate? And he's an Australian guy. And wow. it's, it's almost like a switch flips. Mm. And this guy is my boss's boss's boss's. You know, like, he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. He can't believe it. And it's like, what am I doing working here? Like, it was a real existential thing. And I just kind of thought, like, this is it, you know, go yeah. for it. What's the worst that happens? I'll find another job. Right. And so that set wheels in motion. About a month later, I quit. Uh, but I had no kids. I wasn't married. You know, there's so many things that can hold you down. It was perfect timing. Yeah, so nothing was and holding you back. And I had money saved yeah. up. You know, everything can hold you back. Everyone can have an excuse. Mm -hmm. But it's easy to say go for it when you have, like, you can but put no food one was on the counting table. on you besides exactly. yourself. Yeah. So I think get your ducks in order if you're going to do something like that. Plan. Make your luck. Don't just wait for luck to happen. You gotta like get yourself in a position mm -hmm. for that type of luck to occur and then go for it. Right, so after that, did you really hone in on being a mentalist or you still were doing a lot of magic? I was still doing magic okay. and it's funny because like it takes 10 years to be the overnight success uh -huh. and I was doing this on the side and I was building up, building up, getting really known in and around New York. Uh -huh. uh, I made a kind of a branding decision. I was doing a lot of mentalism, but in 2015, I did America's Got Talent. Yeah. And that was kind of like the blow up moment for me. That show, I got third place. The year before, a magician had won the show. Oh. So I knew that you, and also he kind of like, we all, I don't want to say look alike, but he's like a white guy. He's in his 20s. I'm in my 30s. We're the same height. You know, it's like we look right. on TV on mute. A lot of people will be like, 
I saw you. I'm like, you didn't see me. You saw him. <laughs> so I need to differentiate. Yeah. You really know your lane that you got to make yourself set apart mm-hmm. and you've got to stand out. You got to do something better than anyone else mm-hmm. or different, unique than anyone else. That's mm-hmm. got to be in your unique selling proposition. So I said, I'm going to be the mentalist. And that's when I decided to be always the mentalist. Kind of like go with it. That's my social media. That's everything. And I decided at that point, cut the magic. Right. Okay. So tell me about getting on America's Got Talent. Talent. You tried a couple times, right? Yeah. Yeah. How did and, that work out? And the first time I tried, they call it like a producer call-in. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the red velvet rope at a club. We open it up, walk right in. Yeah. So for that one, producers call you in. I didn't wait in line for like 10 hours with other people, mm-hmm. like in a pier. They did it at a pier in Central Park on the west side. There okay. are thousands. It's like being on a football field with thousands of people waiting. Yeah. And they give you a number. Like you're, you're like, it's a mugshot yeah. in the best of ways. Yeah. Some of those people I met that day to this day, I keep in touch with. Oh, that's great. It's amazing. Uh, a, a guy, if he hears, it's amazing. Josh Orlean. He was on the season before me. He was a comedian. Uh-huh. Look him up. Funny kid. Uh, <laughs> I met him and his dad there to this day. Great friends. I'm sure friends. there's so many talented people there's there. There's so many. Yeah. Also, there's people that are absolutely not talented, right. but they are so sure of themselves. It's oh. amazing. <laughs> So here's the moral. Confidence can be the best. <laughs> I got the producer call. I went and did it. Bombed. Now, oh. it wasn't really my fault. I don't want to throw anyone on the bus, but if you're a mind reader, they bring me in a room. Like, imagine a room like this, and there's no one there, and there's a camera person. And I go, well, I read minds. I need someone's mind to read. Yeah. So they didn't know that. They thought I was just going to do my thing like a singer. Ooh. And so they bring someone in, a PA, with like a headset who's super distracted. Mm. They're in the middle of my act. They're not paying attention. How am I going to get a good reaction yeah. from them? So it bombed. Two years later, I came back. Howard Stern was the was the judge. I loved Howard. I, mm-hmm. All my friends love Howard. And you know what? Those two years proved pivotal because I probably did 500 plus shows those two years. I was seasoned. I was much more like it was the right time, right place. Right. Cattle call. I went in there with thousands of people, waited all day, killed it. And wow. so that was my time. One year, I don't get in. Two years later... I get in and make third place. And how did you decide what, do you call them tricks? Yeah, sure, how, tricks, how do you decide what tricks to do that are most impressive that people haven't seen before? Right. I mean, that's really it. So I did something which worked for me in hindsight. I never planned more than one round ahead. Okay. I was so in the moment, like, you know, that mindfulness, I would never even think of the next round because what I've seen is that when people start planning ahead like that, you know what happens? They don't even make it through this round. Yeah. You start thinking about what you're going to do after you catch the ball. Like, I'm going to run. You don't even catch the ball. Right. Football, like parallel. But so I just did, for the first two rounds, I did things that I knew I could do perfectly. Mm-hmm. In my sleep, I've done 10,000 times. Literally shake me awake at 3 a.m. I could do this routine. It's, yeah. my, it's my signature. Yeah. Things I created. Then we got to later rounds. Nothing like pressure. Yeah. For, for a creative burst. Yeah. Like there's, if you told me right now I could be in TV in six months, mm-hmm. plan for it, I'm going to procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a day before yeah. and I'll get my, if you tell me you're going to be on national TV in 24 hours, I'm going to have the best burst of my life. I'm going to go for a three hour run. I'm going to be in the shower. I'm going to put my phone down in DND. And that's when I need it to be forced. Mm-hmm. That's when I get my best ideas. Okay. And do you come up with them out of nowhere? Or these are yeah. ideas that you've heard of and people have done before you. Uh, so everything is kind of like packaging. It's kind of like I've never read a book, self-help motivational book that isn't yeah. something repackaged from a decade or a hundred years ago, but it's how do you put your own spin on it? Okay. So to answer, yes, I create most of my stuff. Okay. The way you think of like a Jimmy Fallon, he has a team of writers mm-hmm. that write for him. And a lot of the people you've seen on TV, they have a cre- set of creators for them. There's a rare group that are creator performers. Like I create kind of like a singer-songwriter, like a Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Most of what you see me do, I've created. Yeah, It's not like something else. I make up the things I do. 
but I always create from the ending backwards. Okay. So I, I just like to think, what's the coolest thing I could do? If I went on TV and I'm doing stuff for, I did stuff for a bunch of football players this year on NFL. Okay. I go, what if I could go up there and what's the ultimate thing that a football coach wants me to do? Forget tricks, forget card tricks, forget all this crap. Yeah. What if I could tell you what the other coach just told his player to do in the play? Oh, that would That's be worth cool. a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. You know what they're going to do before they do. So I told the coach, go get your playbook from upstairs and flip through any one of your playbooks. Pick any play you want right now. And then I literally told him the play that he thought of. And he's freaking out. So I like to create things that – that, and that's never been done before. I, yeah. I made that up because I just said this will appeal to this audience, to right. this viewer. Versus if I go on a show that's about cooking, we're going to do something all about your best recipe that you made for somebody in your family that you love that you haven't seen. Like, I like there to be an emotional hook. Yeah. But how could you really plan on that? And for people that, you know, I've seen some of the stuff you do, you're you're picking out things that they're thinking of way earlier. Right. And you have a t-shirt on underneath right. or whatever it is of what they're going to say. Like, how can you make them say that, that's you know? The, that's the million dollar question, right? <laughs> how? Uh, but no, there's, there's a bunch of tactics and skills and it's kind of think of it it's, it really is like a chef who knows how to make a recipe 10 different ways mm -hmm. so i have so many different ways to get to the answer okay and from your perspective it looks impossible and that's what's keeping me in business right uh -huh. screwed you know yeah. chat gpt will take my job <laughs> but that's the skill is knowing how to i don't like the word manipulate but that's what it is yeah. how do you get someone to do what you want them to do even when they're out of their way trying to be unpredictable, right. how do you still make them predictable? Because most of those people I would think are skeptics, right? They're like, I'm he's the never going to figure out. I'm the out. biggest skeptic of all. Yeah. The biggest skeptics turn into mentalists. Yeah. Like I've had these hedge fund guys that hire me who they're like, oh, I want to know how. But I had one guy who literally decided he's got more money than he needs for 10 lifetimes <laughs> that I'm going to spend the next year learning how to do this. And mm -hmm. I actually came up and gave him lessons and he was a legitimate, legitimately interested person. It went past like a passing context of, oh, this is cool. He really wanted to know. Yeah. And it's funny because it's only going to fall into two camps. Once you find out how I do it, you're either going to be supremely disappointed. You're yeah. like, this is, okay. Or you're going to be absolutely like shell-shocked. Like, There's no way that you were on live national TV with 15 million people watching live and you did that. He goes like, that could have gone wrong 20 ways. And I sure. go, that's it. He goes, that's insane. And it's <laughs> funny when you hear because it, it only is those two. It's never a middle ground. It's either the simplest, most ridiculous solution or you cannot believe that you would actually have the balls to do that. Pardon my French, because it's so risky. Yeah. It's so risky, but it it works. And if you've got to believe in yourself. These skills, like for somebody you're talking about like that, must be really good in business. Yes and no. So it would be great in certain contexts, but it's done in, like think about a director of a movie, right? You think they're displaying things in a certain way. They get to point the camera where they want. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. if you're guiding an interview, you get to ask the questions you yeah. want. So when I'm doing my show, I get to do things in a certain way. It, for example, if you thought of a card and I guess the card, you go, why don't you go in the casino? Because when you're playing poker, I can't say stop, look at me, think of it's red, think of it's black. Okay. Now, hearts, diamonds, repeat after me. People aren't gonna do all that. There is a rhythm, there's a way that I do it. A doctor can't diagnose you over the phone. They gotta look at your body, they gotta mm -hmm. check things. That's how I am. I need a certain procedure to get to the answer. Mm -hmm. That's why during the Zoom era, during COVID, all of us who did this, we reinvented. We were out of a job. Yeah. We kind of reinvented how to do this over Zoom. It was yeah. so much harder because when you're not in the room with somebody, you can't impact them the yeah, same way. Right. So I reinvented my show. Or you and can't read their body language or something. No, you can't control things. Yeah. Like, you can't forget body language. Like I can't even see anything but your face. Yeah, right. 
Um, so it was funny. I reinvented my show over Zoom and it became kind of wildly successful. It wasn't fulfilling. Yeah. I felt like kind of like, I was like a webcam girl. I'm like, yeah. I, I want contact. You're like uh, on OnlyFans. Big time. <laughs> uh, because it wasn't the same. Like there's nothing like being in the room with people and that energy yeah. is electric. Right. Um, and when it's muted, everyone's muting. You can't even hear somebody being amazed. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm in a room alone. Uh, right. But anyways, I don't know if I missed your question. No, I was no. rambling. No. But um, you kind of, I was you just can asking use it in certain it, ways. Yeah, if it was like you helpful get for negotiation. You can get a statistical 100%. Yeah. For me to negotiate certain things, I can tell when people are lying. I can tell when people are uncomfortable. I can tell when people aren't listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does give me a technical advantage. But do I think I've gotten like the ultimate lowest offer on a real estate deal that I wanted? Maybe I was within 5%. It definitely gave me some edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you ever go to uh, magic shows or like watching David Copperfield or something and you're like, I know how he did it? Pretty much always. Really? Well, yeah, for David Copperfield, it's a little different because I don't really specialize in illusions. Yeah, okay, right. Stage okay. illusions are more, there's maybe a set of 20 principles okay. that you can learn them all. You know, and you're always going to hear like smoke and mirrors. Yeah. But literally some of it will be like how to use a mirror. I don't want to give stuff away, but there's a lot of tactics and things, how they're built, how you do it. Yeah. The problem for me with that is when you watch somebody do a trick like the proverbial saw woman in half, Uh you know, in my mind, I think if I had those props, could I do that trick? Mm -hmm. It feels like a puzzle. I know that they're doing this somehow. I know they didn't really saw a woman in half, right? I'm not silly. (laughs) So I know that somehow you're doing this Mm -hmm. and you have a secret that I don't know. I still appreciate the craft, but with mentalism, what I like and what I think a lot of people like, people after my show will say, I don't like magic, but I love what you just did, is it's cerebral and they realize that there's a skill and that it's not supernatural. So they're watching some of it. They'll figure out a little bit. They're like, "I, I know that you, when you guessed the card, I did something. So you knew it was red and then you saw me do something with my body that was dying. But how you got the six of diamonds, I don't know. But yeah. they, they, they love being a part of it. Sure. You like being behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. It's nothing more fun than getting kind of tipped off to a little bit of how something works. Yeah. Is there someone or a type of person you can't read and you can't work with them? I mean, when people are really drunk, it can be difficult. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes they're even more fun. But certain things are challenging where... If you can't maintain people's focus and attention, it can be difficult. Okay. Some people are very introverted and they don't want anything to do with you. Uh-huh. And it's your job to build rapport and open them up. Yeah. But, you know, maybe they had a bad day. Maybe you don't know what just went on at home. Yeah. You know, it, it, I learned early on when I was 14, like a shrimpy little kid, me, walks up to you. You got a babysitter. You're out to dinner. You don't want me bothering you. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, that's the hardest thing to approach people at a restaurant where they don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Like I'd walk up to your table and be like, you know want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. So I started learning body language then and how to see who's the right person, what's the right time to walk up to them, and how do you diffuse tension? Okay. Right? How do you de-escalate a situation? It's kind of like what a police officer does. You walk in, someone's hot, how do you cool them down? Right. You don't meet their energy at the same thing. That'll just get kind of a pissing competition of who's tougher and who's this. I go into it in a way where I don't want think of what I'm doing. It's creepy. Uh-huh. If you could read my mind right now, that's a super creepy breach of privacy Mm -hmm. so you either have to go down the path of this is fun and at the end of my show you want to share a drink with me you want to have a beer with me i'm that kind of person you like wow i want to hear more about you or you're kind of scared Mm -hmm. and there's two paths of mentalists if you watch other people's shows you'll see what i mean very quickly their character and demeanor is one of mysterious or you're a little bit on edge yeah i want to be likable i want to be somebody who you feel comfortable around yeah and so I made a conscious decision with that where I kind of let you in a little bit on how I'm doing it. I show you while I'm doing it how oh, it's done. Great. Not tipping everything. I'll show you a little bit and then I'll 
up the ante and do something just a little more. You're like, how'd you do that one? I'm like, well, right. I got to keep some secrets. Is there something you could tell listeners about how to easy things about how to read body language that might help them in certain situations like relationships or dates or whatever it is? I mean, I know I have my master's in forensic investigation. And when we were learning that stuff, we had to take a body language course. And sure. It was a s- small amount of our studies. But, you know, it was the way people fidgeted or looked or, you know, if they would look to the left or the right or are there things that people can learn from you right now about it totally so i mean there's there's things that are hard and fast rules but they don't apply to everyone so when okay. you tell somebody you know if they're if they're pausing itching their nose and looking to the left they're lying you can't do that for everyone because mm. some people it just doesn't it, they don't have the same body language reads right it's kind of like testing somebody for steroids you have to first see their blood type and see if you know what the level is the level because yeah. some people have naturally high testosterone yeah so the same thing applies where there's not one rule fits for everyone. Otherwise, I would tell it to you. Yeah. I have to watch somebody for a little while, and then I get their benchmark, and then I get a sense. Because some people do opposites. Okay. It's really funny. I'll get the first thing wrong. Like, I have something where I'll tell somebody, get out your phone, look through, and pick anybody in your phone. I'm yeah. really known for this. I'll say, look, pick anybody out of your phone. Our mutual friend, Adam Weitzman, he challenged me. I'm like, get your phone out, pick anybody. You know everybody, Adam. Pick anybody out of your phone yeah. right now. Um, and so I will be able to always tell if it's a male or female based on reaction, but sometimes I'll get that wrong the first time. But I'll be how? Like, like I, I could show it to you. Even if people are like trying to make sure they don't react. And that, put, that's, they're even better. The more they try, the actual, it, it actually goes against what you think because the more tense you are, the more you are showing it off. It's like, if they're actually super loose and don't care, it's the same way somebody can pass a polygraph. People that are almost like sociopaths can pass polygraphs because they don't even, they believe their own lies. You know, like pathological liars can tell stories so much that they actually believe something that didn't happen. Okay. You know, and they can they can pass polygraphs. Yeah. Their body doesn't have tension that everyone else's does when they lie because they fooled themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's, you can look it up. It's what do you true. mean by tension? What does it look like? like oh, if tension is it's not no no it's not it's internal. Ah okay. So okay. your body like your breathing shifts, your perspiration shifts, and your blood pressure shifts internally. You like stuff you cannot control. That's right. how they do a polygraph. Yeah. Right. It's you can't control it. It's it's it's. It's autonomic, right? Okay, it's like, got it. it's like yeah. the same way right now if somebody burst in here with a gun, your adrenaline system would fire before you even knew what happened. Right. Your fight or flight, like it's thousands, millions yeah. of years of DNA and evolution. So the same thing applies where uh, here's stuff that you can use. Listening. You can tell when people are listening versus waiting for their chance to speak. Mm. You can always see it in their eyes where their eyes open. There's things that people will do where they, you just said something and now in their brain, they're, they're oh they're now thinking of something, which means their brain has turned to switch and they're not really listening to what you're saying right. anymore. Most people forget your name. I can tell when somebody heard my name if they remembered it, heard it, or didn't, just by looking in their eyes like, <laughs> instantly. Because if they were thinking of what they were about to say, they're not gonna hear your name. Right. One of the best tricks I have, it's not even a trick, is I will remember everyone's name I meet at a party each night. End of the night, I've met 100 people, I'll know everybody's name. How and do you do that? I don't I, remember anyone's name. Right, which is, is you always say, oh my God, I was thinking about a million things. That's the exact problem. Yeah. Your brain is like your phone getting 100 texts. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, what's my daughter doing later? What am I getting for dinner? What's, you have all these other thoughts that are yeah, competing. If you can find a way to quiet your mind for just that one second, when mm-hmm. you look at them, you have to make your mind a blank. And it's there's certain moments that are a blank. Like mm-hmm. a lot of time, right before you go to sleep, if your mind is quiet or right when you get in the shower, right when you sit on the bathroom, I know it sounds weird, or when you're brushing your teeth, certain people have moments where your brain gets quieted. Take your mind and right when you're about to hear their name, repeat their name. Okay. Don't think of anything else. Be like, 
Oh my God, what's your name? Brandon? How do you spell it? Is it Brandon with an O or an E? Mm. Repeat the name. If it's a name that might be misspelled, always ask how it's spelled. That's going to help you remember. Oh, you go Brandon with an O. Got it. Yeah. And now if you say that and you look them in the eye and you're not thinking of anything else, it will imprint. Yeah. It's like taking a snapshot and you will remember it. Minimum short-term memory for the next 30 seconds to five minutes. If you repeat it one more time or you pay them a compliment, like be like, oh my God, Rachel, I love this camouflage jacket. Mm-hmm. You just say it again with some sort of reference point. Right. It will stick in your mind. End of the night, you'll be like, that woman, Elena, I know her. And oh my God, that guy's kid's name is, oh, his dad's name is Tim. You'll shock yourself. You'll right. do this the first time. And in that night, instead of barely remembering one name, you'll know six or seven. Huh. And then practice it the next time. Okay, I'm going to do that try next it. time. Try it. Yeah. Just try to really repeat the name once if you can pay them a compliment. It's a little awkward if you meet six people at once because it's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you get those lines of, oh, I'm John, I'm this. That's tough because you can't really repeat everybody's name. Yeah, then you look oh, like John an idiot. with an H, Bianca, how do you spell it? It looks psycho. <laughs> yeah. But if you can just slow your roll there and go, John, great to meet you. Hey, Bianca, you guys, oh, John and Bianca, how do you guys know each other? Like, just anything to slow down the flow. And associate it with Associate. Yeah. It's not a mnemonic. Because that's a different thing where you try to make somebody outlandish. Mm-hmm. You can create lists in your mind. That's a different skill. This is quite literally listening. Uh, but also in negotiations, you're with your boss or you're with your spouse and you're trying to find out. You can tell. People have a sixth sense with their spouse. Like, are they mad at me right now? Did I do something wrong? Yeah. You can feel it. And it's an instinct. And it works in a lot of other parts of life, but we don't trust it. Uh-huh. A lot of people will be like, uh, I sense this and this about that person. What do you think? I go, you're probably right. Yeah. Like you just are talking yourself out of it. Mm, that's interesting. So has anything ever gone wrong when you're in like a public scenario? Like shows? All, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I try to shoot for things to go wrong very frequently, but not like if things go wrong over and over because I, I try to do things that are pushing the boundaries. Okay. Kind of like a comedian who tries and tests out new material. Uh-huh. You, jokes are going to bomb. So the same thing applies where I will try and do things that are on the cusp of beyond my, like, I'll just reach for stuff. And if it hits, it's huge. On TV, it's way worse. Because on TV, it's amplified by millions. Um, I've had definitely things go wrong. Like I had one on AGT where I just guessed something wrong. But hopefully, I'm moving through it quickly. And I'm going to an alternate ending. I'm troubleshooting. I always have things planned where if something goes wrong, I pull another card out of the sleeve. Like you won't even know it goes wrong in certain instances. I'll be sweating bullets, but I'll have something else planned. Oh, so you can make them think that wasn't the end of the trick. Totally. Got it. Okay. All right. But has it ever happened to you that you couldn't get out of a scenario, <laughs> that you couldn't figure out what they were thinking? Thank, yes. I mean, I've had like a, a, a finale kind of bomb. And that's the worst because you yeah. don't want to – you leaving somebody on a, on a terrible note is the worst feeling. Yeah. I had a TV appearance – this is kind of way back when, I think it was on CBS Morning News, where I was guessing a celebrity somebody was thinking of. Mm-hmm. And I think straight up, I guessed John Travolta. Mm-hmm. And she just goes, no. Oh, <laughs> just, no. And I'm, like, and I'm like, who was it? And I can't remember who she said. It was somebody else. It was pretty close, actually. Yeah. And it was like, she looks like Al Pacino. I'm like, you're killing me. Great, <laughs> you know, great, you know, Italian actors. It was just, it was yeah. brutal, but there was no real, you couldn't unwind. If I had had another minute, if, yeah. the, if you know, if, they, if it wasn't live TV, yeah. and they said, you, oh, I would have had one more minute before we go to commercial break, I bet I could have done something cool to kind of pull myself out of it. Mm-hmm. But you, you learn from those. You right. learn from those moments of how do I, what, what should I have done different? Right. And how do I plan better next time? So where do you come up with most of these tricks? When I'm running, 
Mm. I run a lot. I run like marathons and ultra marathons. Yeah, I was going to ask kind of my, you about my that. My side passion. And so if I'm out running, like tonight, I'm probably going to go run with some buddies. I know it sounds ridiculous, but five or six hours. I'm going to go run like 30 or 40 miles tonight. I can't even run to the corner without <laughs> no. getting bored and no. tired. So That's I'll amazing. have great ideas during that. I okay. listen to podcasts or I just zone out. Okay. Um, and I, in the shower, honestly, certain places where I have no electronics, no screen, I don't do it so with kids or wife or family or just like places where your mind can wander and be quiet. Okay. Daydreaming, like when you were eight years old and I didn't have a phone or iPad or any of that. Yeah. Just let your mind wander and suddenly just things come to you. Right. So that and when I have pressured situations, I have huh. a lot of TV stuff coming up. And so I'm just constantly just in my mind, something sets it in motion. Are you working on a new trick right now? Or oh, I'm you? always working on you new are. stuff. It's. I think it's like a comedian, like a Jerry Seinfeld's always writing on a notepad, yeah. you know, I have raisins, what I write about raisins. So I will, <laughs> I had an idea the other day that came to me just, uh, literally I was just talking to a magician friend and I just thought of it and I just thought of something that would be amazing for NFL and it's, it's already, it came together and within a minute I started buying a prop or two because the key with mine is visuals. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly revealing information that's impossible for me to know. Yeah. Either I'm influencing you to pick something or telling you something about your life or your past that I couldn't know. Yeah. How do I do that? Like you said, uh, that t-shirt reveal is yeah. crazy. Or how do you make something on a billboard? Or how do you do it visually? Like with fire, with, you want to do it in a cool way that captures your attention. Right. Okay. So do you practice this on your wife or? <laughs> She's so over it. She, she is. <laughs> oh no. She is. No, I mean like still loves me. I'm pretty sure it's her birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, honey. But, <laughs> but this is not, she is a tough critic in a yeah. good way. She's been through it. I've known her for like 13 years. She's yeah. not really, uh, I don't practice, I practice on audiences. Oh, you do? My okay. practice is my work now. Interesting. That, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, my kids are too young to get it yet. They're on the cusp. Like I'm still kind of cool to them. Right. I do magic shows, but that's different. Doing a magic show for, I did one for my uh, four-year-old and six-year-old's classes. Mm -hmm. First graders love me. Mm -hmm. In like three years, I'll be a total loser and nerd to them, but I'm <laughs> really in this finite zone. Yeah. But that's different. Kids will bust you. Yeah. Also, kids, totally. kids don't know that age doesn't know what mind reading is. So mm -hmm. I do more like big slapsticky, funny, you know, they, uh, you pull a bunny out of a hat, they're in heaven. Mm -hmm. You tell them the name of their best friend. They're like, that's not cool. Yeah. They don't realize what's amazing yet. Yeah. 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 Um, is there somebody that you've performed for that you thought was like the coolest? So many people, honestly, that's kind of one of the perks of the job. I've mm -hmm. met so many heroes. I, uh, I mean, I, when I met Steven Spielberg, I had to spend time with him. Like Larry David is on my Mount Rushmore. I got to hang out with him. Mm. Uh, it's just certain people. I like to be around people that are, it's not always entertainment or, you know, people that are the f most famous. I like yeah. people that I'm drawn to that are just very insightful, successful. I'm doing an event next week with Warren Buffett. Like that's somebody I can't wait wow. to meet. Just people that are, they've just created things and they're, that have broken through in certain ways. You know, yeah. just not always about money or fame, but just I'm drawn to success or people that have pushed boundaries and continue to for years. Richard Branson, I met him. I went to his private island unbelievable person just somebody who never is constrained always innovating always yeah. like went to space it was so cool just and that must be such a cool thing that you are impressing people like that that are so impressive you know that everyone else wants to know and impress and here you are they're mesmerized with you and they think you're the ultimate so it's a lucky that thing i've stumbled cool. into and just you know it's a unique craft and, and quite frankly it's a weird thing because i get to see them in a way that most people don't uh -huh. because I'm not selling anything to them, right? Yeah. It's not like somebody I work for them. And I'm also not, uh, it's, they get to be like kids again. It's one of those weird things where I get to do something where 
people are okay opening up in a certain way, you know, kind of being vulnerable. Yeah. Because you're at that level, how often are you getting to go, oh my God, and just kind of allowing yourself to just be wowed and impressed yeah. and let yourself go. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of instances where you can do that. A lot of these people are very serious. And yeah. It's just like a great moment to kind of see people be kids again. Yeah, and not a lot. It's so true because not a lot of things are surprises anymore. Like, think so about it's that. So How fun. often do you see something that you can't explain? Yeah, and that's a really fun thing because I think everything's planned. You can find everything on the internet. You kind of know what to expect when you get into a, a situation with anyone these days. So it's really fun to, as an adult, almost feel like a kid again where you're like, there's no way this is going to happen. And then you're just like overwhelmed with what you see. I think that's a very cool thing about We're magic jaded. or what you, you do. You and me are New Yorkers. We've yeah. seen it all, done it all. Yeah. So when something it all. moves the yeah. needle, exactly. And that's yeah. my favorite audience. I truly like the people that will walk up to me and they're just like, no chance, buddy. This isn't going to impress me. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's dance. Like yeah. I like, I will tell people in my show, I go, I'm the biggest skeptic here. That's yeah. why I became a mentalist. I thought none of this crap is possible. So I pushed myself and say, what can I do? Is this really, there's no way anyone could read minds. And so I go, I don't read minds. I read people. Right. So do you have a favorite trick? Like I'm a skeptic sort of, I don't really believe in stuff like this. I feel like you can't read me. I'm right. going to make sure know, you can't. Right? Is there something you could do on me that we what can if, see if you do well, it? Let me, let's do this. Let's go skeptical. And I want it okay. to be right now in this moment. So mm -hmm. I want people to know that like, if I told you right now in this exact moment to think of somebody that you're going to talk to it could be family it could be friend but i only think it's somebody that you'll probably call in the next two or three weeks okay could you could could you think of someone yeah now that seems impossible right that i could know who you just thought of mm -hmm. do you do you agree i totally agree did you think about it even before this one second no so you didn't even know what you were going to think of so it's like how could i know yeah but now if we put on our hat and start to be really cynical like think of a private investigator I knew you were gonna interview me. Mm -hmm. So what if, and everything's on Instagram now. We all post like a million things, stories every day. You probably have an inner circle of tops, 20 people. Most of us do. Favorites in your phone of people you're gonna talk to. And I'm like, could this be your daughter? Could it be? So you don't realize it, but I just limited you a lot more than you think of somebody that's in your inner circle that you might talk to soon. So how about this? Let's make this more impossible. Okay. I but I was gonna say, I figured that you could, because I'm a skeptic, right? think uh, you could, investigate or look into me so right? i just purposely picked somebody that i know i need to call that you wouldn't know that i'm even friends i love with. that i love and i might go to that next but <laughs> okay. i want to go to something that's going to fool you okay so like before you even walked in this room somebody you had not thought of in years somebody you grew up with or somebody that you have no connection with am i right that you thought of um that you had not thought of in years and we had never met before i walked in this room have yeah. we no never never spoken and let me ask you a question it, you could have thought of a boy or a girl, mm -hmm. but somebody that would anyone in your family like would uh, be, like parents, siblings, good friends. Would anybody know this person that you thought of or nobody? Nobody. Okay. So watch this. This is how we break it down. And just so I know, this is a boy or a girl. Um, can I change who I picked originally so that it makes Sh it more sure accurate yeah. for me? Uh, boy. A boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. You thought of a girl mm -hmm. and switched to a boy. Yeah. Well, how did you know the boy? Um, how did I know him? Yeah, what's I, the connection? I knew him 20 years ago. Okay, okay. Hmm. Think of his name. Okay. And see, I like when we go back and forth. Think of the girl's name. Think of the boy's name. Okay. Think of how many letters are in each one. You don't have to count, but just kind of go through it. Okay. Okay, yeah. The girl's name was shorter. Is that right? Yeah. I saw. Yeah, see, how can I know that? You didn't. I right. Don't know. You. She just literally changed her mind in the middle. 
the way you were counting over here, it took you longer to count on this side. Mm -hmm. If it's longer, go back to her name. Go to this girl's name. Okay. And I want you to mix up the letters in her first name. Just mix them up. Okay. It's an interesting name. My right's a weird name. Yes. You look like you, it's a challenge. I want you to stop. Don't say it. But just grab a letter out of her first name. Just grab a letter out of the middle of her first name and just think of that one letter in your brain. Okay. You rolled your tongue. Watch. The same way when I say your name, Rachel, you thought of an R, didn't you? No. Is there an R in her name? Yes. But you switched. You switched from the R to something else. You want? I did switch, down. actually. I That's so it. funny. I knew you thought of the R first because <laughs> you rolled your tongue. I should, see, this how you told me, does it work with everyone? No, but I can always tell as I'm going yeah. what I'm picking up. Okay. Are most people going to be listening to this on a podcast, audio, or are they also going to be seeing it? They will also be seeing it. So I gonna, think most people listen to it. Listen to it. So I'm going to tell everyone so you can hear this noise. This is me writing down on a marker on a pad of paper what I wrote. I think you have not talked to this person in more than 20 years. Like, you don't even know why she popped in your head. You're like, oh my God, she's got a weird name, but I don't know why I thought of her. Sarma, isn't it? How the fuck did you do that? <laughs> just for everyone who can't see, I just wrote that down on the paper and turned it around uh, Wait, after I'm the like fact. legit, I was thinking in my head, he's never gonna get this, I'm gonna be embarrassed for him. Right. <laughs> and I was nervous about how I would like talk you through this. That's incredible. You have not said this. You have not written this down anywhere. You have literally not done anything. You thought of this person for the first time in decades. No, I'm is like that right? pass out. That's gonna amazing. Pass out. And wait, wait. The boy, the boy you haven't talked to in 20 years, not the same boy. You know what? I think you got like, you were like misgivings because you're like, ugh, I don't want to do him. Did you have a crush on this boy or not related? No. Somebody you had a crush on and you wanted, you thought of him, but you're like, it's too easy of a name. Yes. Michael. Was that your first crush? That was. <laughs> that was so weird. There's no way. But I'm not doing anything for you to know that. I mean, that that's thats what everyone See, says. See, but you're a psychic then. You're I'm, not. I like it. I've had so many people at the end of the show come up to me. There's nothing in my body like, language. I know you're psychic and you're pretending you're not. There's nothing in my body language that would get you to that. I love when people that are skeptical, like Sarma, super common name, totally would have gotten Sarma. I know so many Sarmas. <laughs> I don't know any, I don't think anyone knows a Sarma. Except for Sarma, who's going to hear this. Yes. And be like, oh I've been misunderstood this whole time. Me. There we go. Plug. That's amazing. Thank oh you. Oh my God. Okay. So I don't even know what to say after that. That's, That's why like... we do the trick at the end. I never open a, a, a podcast or an interview with a trick because then be like, I don't know what to say. I forgot all my questions. All gone. Okay. Wait, can you do another one? Was I got to it... leave you wanting more. That's my big ending. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Thank you. All right. So I think that everybody should hire you. I think that's Please like, do. I'm floored by that. I'm going to have to, I'm going to end up thinking about this forever of how you got that. I hope so. That's literally my job. It's, it's not to fool you. It's not to entertain. Those are side effects. If I do my job right, it's to give you memorable moments. I like yeah. it where people, if somebody walks out of my show, Apathy is the death of me, and they just forget about me, and they never mention it to anyone. Yeah. I just, just that's the worst. If you figure out every one of my tricks, I don't mind. Right. I want you to leave and be like, you are not going to believe. Hopefully, you remember my name because it's a weird one. But you go, this guy owes. Oh my God, he guessed my friend from 30 years ago. I just want a moment that you will take, and it will stay in your brain somewhere nestled in there forever, or at least for a few months or years. That's what I do. Oh my God, you guys, you have to, um, you have to go look at this guy's Instagram. You have to look at what he does. It's Thank amazing. You. you have to hire him. Okay, I have a quick lightning round for you. Sure. Is that okay? Um, best moment in your life. Best moment in my life when I married my wife. Um, the best advice you've ever gotten. The best advice I've ever gotten. There's a lot of good ones. I'm trying to think. What is the best one? Uh, Honestly, I think it's, it's, it's a little cheesy and hokey and mindfulness, but 
you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. I think a lot of people think they do. I think you really have to find ways to enjoy that moment. Like I've, I've taken, I I've, can't remember where I read this, but they say take your life and just create little slices of joy. And I take and I just sit there and like when I'm with my kids, with my wife, and when I'm kind of bitching about certain stu stupid stuff, I just try to stand back and just think, this is amazing. Like to be alive is such a gift. Yeah. Never forget it. And even when you feel like crap and there's always things to complain about and you know, my life is very blessed and I know, but just if you're alive, it's a real blessing. Like right. remember that, think yeah. about it. Success to you means? Success to me means honestly getting to be my own boss, getting to be with my family, getting to chase my dream. I've been so lucky in life. Uh, I mean, having certain things like obviously money, material possessions, things like that are great because they create a certain like, I don't know, they give you freedom in life. Mm -hmm. But the biggest blessing is just having my family and getting to do what I love. I think that's uh, that's been success. Right. Failure to you means? Failure to me is just being, is losing ambition, losing drive. Whether that means for, for me with running where I like to race and challenge myself, I have to challenge myself. Whatever that means in life to be better, to do something different. Uh, failure is kind of giving up and not striving for new things in the future. Someone you would like to perform for or read? Barack Obama. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, something I haven't done that's on my bucket list is? God, my wife's gonna kill me if I say this, but one of my good friends right now, this guy's running across America, Forrest Gump style, William Googe. I've been tracking him on what? Instagram, 3,000 miles. Shout out to William, you guys should donate. Uh, he is uh, just, it's been inspiring. I've gotten known other people have done it, but I'm watching him every day, post it on Instagram. They have these amazing videos, the audacious support. It's making me want to do it, but my wife will divorce me. So I'm not doing it, but God, I'm so jealous. I, uh, wow. I love just these crazy running. I ran last year from Montauk to Manhattan. Oh God. And I broke the record. It was the hottest day of summer. I ran, I'm the fastest crossing of Long Island ever. How long did it take? Uh, just over 21 hours. Oh. So I started. <laughs> Sometimes that's not much longer than the traffic. The traffic, exactly, <laughs> yeah. especially 27 when yeah. it's one lane. So I just like these challenges. I like to do things that I don't know if I'll, I'll be able to pull it off. Mm -hmm. If I know I'm going to pull it off, it's not exciting. I want to know. If, you ask me if I like to fail. I like to have that feeling of failure mm -hmm. as a possibility. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not exciting. Right. Favorite sports team? Favorite sports team. Oh, my God. If I say something not New York, I'm going to eat eaten alive. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and say... Uh, for World Cup soccer, Argentina, who okay. just won. I was cheering them. I've been cheering them on since I was six. So yeah, vamos, vamos. I was very, it was awesome when Messi won. Okay. Favorite binge-worthy show right now? Succession. Please I don't spoil that. it for me. I'm I only won't. four episodes in. My wife almost spoiled for me the huge thing that happened. I was so mad. Uh, so You're yeah. four episodes into the first season? No, like current four. season. Okay, current, the current season. season. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, okay, your mantra or your life quote would be? I say it when I run these ultra marathons, when the good things are happening, when bad things are happening, I go blink and it'll be over. Mm -hmm. Like every one of those things when I'm suffering, when I ran that thing across Montauk and I was, you know, heat stroked and feeling terrible, blink and it'll be over, both in a good way and a bad way. I think life just flies by. Uh, it just keeps getting faster and faster. I, I like everything you remember just mm -hmm. keeps going, yeah. right? And the older you get, the quicker it goes because statistically that becomes smaller and smaller of a piece of your life. You know, mm -hmm. once you're 70, every year is less and less. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Versus when you're five, turning six, that's 16% of your life. It feels yeah. really long. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, you got to enjoy the ride. 
For people that are wanting to get into this, what would you suggest they start doing now? So I've suggested this to everyone I've ever met is knowing a few magic tricks, like the way I told you when I go anywhere in the world, it will open doors. And most people that are magicians are not professionals. Mm -hmm. They're people like dentists, teachers, you know how many funeral directors are magicians? I know that sounds so funny. What? <laughs> That's a, talk about a place where you need to break the ice, pun intended. But most of the organizations where there's there's something called Society of American Magicians and International Brotherhood of Magicians. Sounds uh -huh. really dorky. But those are professional organizations. <laughs> okay. And most of the people are not professionals. They're hobbyists. Mm -hmm. And imagine you learn two or three tricks just to know for life. Just mm -hmm. imagine you go into a situation and you can do something really amazing I have something that I've done since I was a kid. Anywhere, I, I grab a napkin. If I'm at a bar, I can do 20 tricks, but one is I grab a napkin and I rip it into small little pieces. And this, a three-year-old likes this. And I rip in their hand, I say, squeeze it tight and say a magic word or something. I snap my fingers or we do something. And when they open their hand, they open the napkin and it's restored itself. And I could teach that to my six-year-old. And that's something wow. you could do anywhere, yeah. anywhere. And you, the smiles you will get, the moments you will get, and you need nothing. Learning a few of those tricks just to have, I don't care if they're the best or you're the best at doing them, is such a leg up in life mm -hmm. that I've told everyone I've ever met, learn a couple cool tricks. And there's videos, there's a website called penguinmagic.com that I used to do tons of work for and like videos to teach you. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're really serious about it, go, just look stuff up. Google teaches you everything. I think I'm gonna do that. Learn that one fun. or two awesome <laughs> impromptu. They're called impromptu tricks. They might not be mentalism. Mm -hmm. Learn a couple magic tricks. And if you really get into it and you felt like, wow, this was so fun and you got that validation and you love those reactions, you can advance, learn something new. Yeah. I'm happy to point you in the right direction. But the joy you bring to people around you, to kids, to adults, to everybody, it, it's really, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is next for you? Next for me is just, uh, like I told you, I, I'm go big or go home. I just keep trying to increase what I'm doing and amplify it. I, the What I see is for mentalism, when you go up to most people, what's a mentalist, what's a minor? They don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's unacceptable. I think that there's a slot to be a household name in this country where if somebody hears that word, a mentalist or a mind reader, I want them to know my name. Right. I want to be the person you think of and I don't have to knock anyone off to do that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be the next David Blaine. I'm not going to be the next David Copfield. I want to be, because they have their slots. They have their niche, yeah. So what I've focused on a lot is just bigger and better, doing things no one's ever seen mm -hmm. on bigger and better platform. So millions and millions of people seeing it. There's a lot coming up with me with sports stars and different athletes. Uh, and, you know, I'm working on some TV stuff, which, and social media is also the biggest amplifier nowadays. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so where could people find you and see some of your stuff if they totally. wanna, you know, get more Honestly, information on you? Most of what I post is Instagram and then YouTube, Facebook, all the normal routes. On Instagram, I'm at OZ The Mentalist. So it looks like Oz pronounced O's, but <laughs> at OZ The Mentalist, I post all my tour dates, all my TV clips. If you jump on there, I just put something on with John Cena, Ludacris, a lot of fun ones on there. Our mutual friend, Adam Weitzman, I, he was awesome. Uh, so yeah, I just constantly like to kind of amaze people. Yeah. And I might be coming to a town near you soon too, so. Yes, you guys should definitely look at his schedule, check it out, and you should see him in person. It's amazing. Do you read your DMs and your comments? I do. I like yeah. to engage with my fans, write to me. 
if you ask me what the lottery numbers are, I don't know. I wish I knew. I could tell you how many times people ask me, what are the lottery numbers? I'm like, if I knew, I would have won and given half to charity by now. Uh, I don't know the future. I'm not a psychic. Okay. I read people. So you can't predict if somebody's having a boy or a girl. You I'm pretty good at that. So oh, you if, are? Yeah, of course. So if people know what they're having, does okay. that make sense? Yeah. So, for example, one of the funny jokes with my wife is when we didn't want to know for our second kid, she wouldn't let me in the room with the ultrasound tech. Oh, wow. Because, you know, the ultrasound tech can know at 10, 12 weeks. Yeah. So even if you if they say, do you want to know, that doesn't matter. I already know from looking at them. Really? So, yeah, from their so, body oh, language? Oh, yeah. A 50-50, I hope I can get. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> occupational yeah, yeah, yeah. hazard. Yeah. But so I've, I've guessed, and so funny thing, I've done this. I have a lot of couples that have in their scrapbook, you know, first year of life, like mm -hmm. the kids' footprints and stuff they will have a business card or something I gave them oh. that I said to them, I go, y you guys know what name you're going to use, right? And they're like, we haven't told anyone. You know, first time parents especially, they're yeah. very superstitious. And I said, put this in your scrapbook, open it the day your kid is born. No and way. I will have given them and I will have predicted the name they used. And one of them, they, they saw me, their kid's 10 years old now. It's, the, it's so funny. And they go, the craziest thing, the craziest thing is that what you gave us, we were sure we were going to use this other name. I think their daughter's name like ended up being Harper, mm -hmm. but they thought it was going to be and they opened up and it, they were, it was crazy because they go, we were sure we were gonna name her something else and at the last moment we changed to this name. How the F did you know that? <laughs> and they have, they have my card and it's like, she's now like a person, she's 10, you yeah. know, it's so funny. And, and um, it's just so funny. I've, I did so many, I've done thousands of bar and bat mitzvahs. That yeah. was like my hustle when I was like from 2005 to 15. Yeah. And so many of these kids are now, you know, 20 something year olds. Yeah. Some of them are getting married. You know, when you feel old, you're like, I did your bar mitzvah yeah, 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, the funny thing is, is that's what I want. That's what I've learned is I'm not there to fool you. I, entertaining. I want to create memorable moments. Right. And that's when I can do that. And you take something and you keep it with you. And like they have that card that I did for them. That's, that's the biggest joy. The biggest gift that I have is that I get to give that to people. Yeah. Like I've lucked out in life. I love that. But I love that also you're honest about you can't pick lottery numbers. You probably can't no. decide who's going to be president next year. I could tell you who I want, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I DMs, comments, I'm on there all the time. Honestly, okay. my fans are everything. They're the people that got me to where I am now. So I, I truly appreciate it. Amazing. You need people's minds to read them. I'm a job that I can't do by myself. I need an audience to do it. Right. Okay. So you guys make sure you go see him in person because he's absolutely amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a five-star rating and review if you like what you hear. You can support the show by joining our Patreon at Patreon slash Misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. Do you have ideas for the show or guests that you want us to reach out to? Please email us at infomisunderstoodpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to see you next time.